We've been studying the kingdom of heaven, started last week, and um, last week we talked about God's original plan for an earthly kingdom from heaven, an earthly kingdom from heaven, God's original plan. See, God doesn't change. We do change, and God, God is merciful enough to roll with the punches with us. If he says to turn right and we turn left, even he can make good out of that. Even he can make good out of that. Because we know that all things work together for the good of those who are called in God's purpose and love God. And so we see that God's original plan for an earthly kingdom. We'll, I'll summarize this real quick in case you weren't here last Sunday. Today, we're going to answer several questions about the kingdom of heaven. Remember, we're talking about the kingdom of heaven, part one, part two, part three, and part four. But today, several questions about the kingdom of heaven that are answered in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All right? Next Sunday... We'll be talking about the age of the church, the age of the church, the establishment of God's kingdom on earth here and now through the church. And then the following Sunday, we'll talk about parables of the kingdom of heaven. Do you remember how Jesus said, well, the kingdom of heaven is like... And then he would give a parable. He'd give an example. He'd give a story. And so... All of these three messages are leading up to that fourth message of the, the kingdom of heaven is like. And it may actually take more than a Sunday to do that. So anyways, that just wanted to kind of give you a roadmap as to, uh, as to what we're going to be discussing. Lord Jesus, I just pray right now that your, your word would ring true to us, Lord God. Uh, that we would be faithful to your word. Lord Jesus, that I would be faithful to your word, that I would declare it and proclaim it just as you want me to. Lord God, that the Bible, the word of God, would be core and central to everything that we say, everything that we do, and everything that we believe, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, God, for it. In your name I ask it. Amen. So last Sunday, I told you, I read to you this, this scripture that it had... Uh, escaped my attention many times, and it's in Daniel 2.44, and it says, in the time of those kings, the God of heaven, in the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms, meaning ungodly kingdoms, and bring them to an end but it will itself endure forever. And I looked at that, and, and that was at the tail end of uh, Daniel's interpretation of King Nebuchadnezzar's vision. Remember that statue that had of gold and had silver and brass and bronze and then feet of clay and iron. And, um, and in that vision, that dream, a rock was cut out and came and hit that, that statue at the feet and pulverized it. And it was then that Daniel said, in the time of those kings, because each of those pieces of the statue represented an empire. And it said, in the time of those empires, God is going to establish his kingdom here on earth. Here on earth. And so we drew three conclusions last Sunday, and I'm going to kind of walk through them and then spend more time on the third conclusion today. But it says, our first conclusion is, 
that in historic times and in modern times uh, and in er early history, it was always God's intention to initially establish his kingdom here on earth. That's how God used to see it. That's how God sees it today. And that's how God will see it. And uh, so what he wanted to do was to set up a theocracy. He always wanted men and women everywhere to view him as king. Always. That's never changed. And so he was going to establish through his people, because of his promise to Abraham, he was going to establish a kingdom, a national kingdom, literally. A kingdom here on earth that was a theocracy. And in between, he and, and his kingdom was going to be prophets and judges. Just mouthpieces, middle, middle men, they wouldn't rule, but they would simply listen to God and pass on what God was telling them at, so that those people, those millions of people could be directed. And we see that in Exodus 19.3, that Moses went up to God on Mount Sinai, and God said, uh, you know, uh, tell these descendants of Jacob, you yourselves have seen what I did in Egypt, how I carried you out on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations, all the kingdoms of the world, you will be my treasured possession. Now, although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. God was going to establish and did, in fact, establish his kingdom through the nation of Israel. But it was a unique kingdom. It was a peculiar kingdom, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation set apart for God. But he went on, and uh, we see his history continued to, to move forward with the, the, the nation of Israel that God was to establish and declared that he would establish his throne, the throne of David, as an eternal kingdom to last forever. Established once again here on earth. And we see this in 2 Samuel 7, 13, where, where God is speaking to David about his son Solomon. And he's saying, hey, he, Solomon, is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Now, did Solomon live forever? Nope. He lived and died, and he had a, a son, and that son lived and died. And he continued. There's this lineage of kings that continued for hundreds of years to rule over initially Israel, but then it broke, the kingdom broke into Judah and Israel. So that's kind of where we're left today. What, what happens? Where do we go from here? What is God's plan from here? Well, let's jump into the New Testament. And if you look at Matthew 1, and you don't have to turn to it. You can jot this down. In fact, it's on your reading list for this week if, you, if you're following along there. But in Matthew 1 and in Luke 3, we see the lineage of David going all the way back to who? excuse me, the lineage of Jesus Jesus going all the way back to King David. Jesus, in fact, was in the line of David both through his mother and through what would be his earthly father, even though we know he was the son of God. His, his father-to-be was also from the line of David. And in Romans 1.1, 1, 1, 
uh, going through verse 3, Paul, the apostle Paul, acknowledges this and says in, um, in verse 2, let's say, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David. Jesus is the fulfillment of this eternal, this promise of an eternal kingdom. No longer would there be a king that dies and then the next king comes and then the next. No, Jesus was to be an eternal king forever, the last king over the kingdom of heaven, and not last in that it ends, but the last as an eternal king forever. No longer would there be these kings that lived and died. Jesus was going to be of the line of David and take that eternal throne. Furthermore, the earthly paradigm or the the model that God had used to that point of a nation established as the kingdom of heaven here on earth was changed from an earthly physical kingdom to now a spiritual kingdom. A spiritual kingdom with no end. Yet, listen to this, very important. Even though it was a spiritual kingdom, it was to be a kingdom established here on earth, even as we speak today. God still intends to establish his kingdom here on earth, no longer as a nation, but as a spiritual, uh, as a spiritual kingdom with us serving as part of that spiritual kingdom. We need to understand this. You know what it means to be part of a kingdom? When you have nationalistic pride, nobody puts down your country. Nobody puts it down. You get militant. You'll fight if you're attacked. And if you sense that your nation needs to go out and attack someone else preemptively, you will join the the war cry and go out as well. So what I'm talking about, a spiritual kingdom here on earth that we feel very, very passionate to back down from, that we're moving forward in and to and through. We're going forward because we're part of the kingdom of heaven. That's the kind of attitude that I'm talking about. I'm not talking about theory here. I'm talking about everyday practice of passionate uh, involvement in the kingdom of heaven. That has to be in you and me. If not, we're missing the point. That's why it's so important, and I keep making it this point over and over again, the kingdom of heaven established here on earth because that's what God wanted to do and he wants to do today. And so we look at John 18.36. When you consider the aspect that it's no longer a national kingdom, it's a spiritual kingdom, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. In other words, its origin is not of this world. I want it to be established in this world, but it's not of this world. Uh, If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest from these Jewish leaders. He was about to be crucified. So they would get up in arms because it was a national kingdom, but he said, no, it's a spiritual kingdom, and that's why my followers are not standing up as they would otherwise. But now my kingdom is from another place. Praise God. God's kingdom is from another place, but it's coming to be established and is being established here on earth. All right. So the second, uh, the, the second thought that comes from this scripture that I read to you here in Daniel 2.44 that I mentioned last Sunday is uh, the kingdom of heaven has and will continue to crush ungodly kingdoms. 
this is a very militant, the kingdom of heaven is very militant. It's very aggressive. It very, it's pushing forward. It's moving forward. Either we're on board or we're not on board. We need to get into the kingdom of heaven, and we're going to be talking about that today. But the kingdom of heaven has and will continue to crush earthly kingdoms. Nations that rose up against the kingdom of Israel were crushed by the kingdom of heaven. They were crushed, and I gave you some examples. Egypt was decimated by the kingdom of heaven through plagues and then through the sea coming over their their, uh, uh, their elite military group, including the Pharaoh himself, crushed the kingdom of Egypt. That's the kingdom of heaven. It's powerful. It's mighty. We saw or we have seen the walls of Jericho came down because of the kingdom of heaven. Babylon was uh, completely transfer, transformed or transferred, actually, from from the, uh, the lineage of King Nebuchadnezzar over to the Medes and the Persians in one night. Crushed just like that. We see that Assyrian, King Sennacherib that uh, Tina was talking about, he was crushed by the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven doesn't mess around. It's powerful. It's awesome. It dethrones rulers and authorities and anybody that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And so we see even in modern times, like the Iron Curtain came down. That was miraculous in the 80s. It came down, why? Because of the kingdom of heaven. And we see even little kingdoms like John Lennon who said, you know what, I'm more popular than Jesus ever was. Where's John Lennon today? Well, he's not nearly as popular as Jesus is and never will be. All right, so God in his kingdom brings down, overthrows other kingdoms. And Jesus, listen to this, in John, uh, 1 John 3, 8, he came to destroy all the works of the devil. All right? And the devil's kingdom, which is alive and well, is referred to in Colossians 1 through 13, referred to as the dominion or the kingdom of darkness. And so God's heavenly kingdom is coming day in and day out, month in, month out, and crushing the enemy, the kingdom of darkness. And we're going to see that in physical terms, and we're going to see that in spiritual terms. But the third conclusion that we drew, draw or drew last week from uh, Daniel 2.44 is the kingdom of heaven throughout history and in our modern times is being established here on earth, and we're going to park there today. God's work on earth has never, uh, never changed, and he is establishing his kingdom here on earth right now as we speak. And that's why the Lord's Prayer said, your, your will be done, God. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come, and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. We pray. That's why Jesus said, pray this prayer, because this is my will that we establish the kingdom of heaven here on earth. When? Now. Right now, right here. In families, have you ever noticed that families break apart, and it seems like there's little kingdoms that are fighting against each other? You know what? The kingdom of heaven will prevail over those little, tiny, little kingdoms that build up. I've noticed in the workplace that there's politics that go on and certain departments won't talk to others and they look down on each other and you know what the kingdom of heaven can overcome those types of conflicts 
Amen. In the school district, some of you guys work in the school district and you've told me how bad it is. People not working with each other and putting each other down. God's kingdom is greater than the kingdoms that you face. Amen. See, we need to bring it down into the practical daily life that we have and apply what God is trying to do into our daily lives. Well, so from here on out, I just want to give you some thoughts about the kingdom of heaven that are, that are evidenced in the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the first thought that I want to give you is a kingdom has a king. <laughs> a kingdom has a king. You know why we don't talk about the kingdom of heaven very much or don't think kingdom of heaven very much? My fear is we don't think about the king very much. We need to think about the king of kings. And he's referred to not only as the king of kings in the Old Testament, but if you look at 1 Timothy 6.15, you'll find that Jesus is referred to as the king of kings and the Lord of lords in the here and now. In the here and now. Praise God. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, king of kings and Lord of lords. Let me tell you what. We'll get caught up in the kingdom of heaven if we'll start thinking about the king a little bit more. That's why the Bible says, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus and fix your heart on Jesus. All three of those. How much of our day is consumed with thinking of other things other than Jesus? All the time. We are enamored with the things of this world. Are we enamored with the King of kings and the Lord of lords? But another thought that I have here is Jesus' immediate objective, all right? He was, he was born. He had lived approximately 30 years before his ministry started, before he ever did a single miracle. Have you ever thought about yourself and thought, when is it my turn? <laughs> when am I going to get to do powerful things for God? When is my life going to turn around? You know what? Jesus waited 30 years before he ever did a miracle anywhere, anytime. So if you ever get impatient, fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. But his immediate objective, when, when God said, all right, it's time, my son, go forward. You have three years, three years to have effective ministry here on earth. His immediate objective, when he began to minister, was to announce the timing and the imminence of his heavenly kingdom. That's what he talked about all the time. That's what he gave examples about all the time. That's what he lived all the time. Why don't you and I, as servants of the kingdom, or why aren't we as focused on the kingdom of heaven as he was? We should be if he's the king. But look at what he says in Mark 1.15. As soon as he began to minister, he said, The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. This was Jesus' drumbeat. This was his cadence. This is what he talked about, thought about, preached about. The kingdom of heaven is near. And I look at this. The time has come. Remember back in Daniel when he said, in the time of those kings... And now Jesus is saying, the time has come. My kingdom is near. What does that mean that that God's kingdom is near? It's extremely close. It means what it means. All right? It's of immediate imminence. In other words, it's upon us. The kingdom of heaven is upon us. It's right there. Why are we so worried? Why are we so caught up with distractions if the kingdom of heaven is right upon us? It means it's so close that we're in its presence. 
That's how close the kingdom of God is. Why aren't we caught up in kingdom business is my question. If we will take care of God's business, God will take care of our business. It's time to rise up and stop being spiritual wimps, pansies, all right? Get up and stand up and start being the man or woman of God that he's called you to be. He's called you to be a, a, a child of God, a warrior for God. It, don't be a victim. Become a victor. Stand up and be the, the man or God, woman that God has called you to be. Mark 12, 34, speaking of this nearness of the kingdom of heaven that Jesus proclaimed. In Mark 12, 34, it says, When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely... And I'll explain this in a second. He said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of heaven. And what had happened is uh, he, he, he asked this man a question. This man said, you know what? The, the greatest commandments are love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind. And Jesus said, wow, you're really close to the kingdom. You're not there yet, but you're near it. You're close to it. And I ask you, are you near the kingdom of heaven? Are you in the kingdom of heaven or are you far removed from the kingdom of heaven? Let me tell you what, it's up to us. It's just those inmates yesterday. Let me tell you what, they were close to the kingdom of heaven and some of them entered the kingdom of heaven yesterday. Some of them were near and some of them took the, law, the small step and entered into the kingdom of heaven. And today I ask you, man, you could be coming to church every Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday and Sunday night, and you could still be outside of the kingdom of heaven. Going to church does not make you a part of the kingdom of heaven. It's a decision. We told those guys yesterday, I, I, I discourage people from praying the prayer of salvation. I say, you make a decision for Jesus. You make a decision. It's a decision. It's not a prayer. Now, prayer is a part of it because you've got to talk to God to invite him in. But the act of prayer is not going to save you. It's the decision to reach your hand out and grab hold of Jesus' saving hand and say, I accept this salvation. And so he said, you are not far from the kingdom of heaven. And I, I pray that everybody in this room is in the kingdom of heaven. You've entered into it. But Luke 17, 20, it says, once on being asked by a Pharisee when the kingdom of heaven was coming, isn't that funny? There was the king standing in front of this Pharisee, and the Pharisee's asking, when is the kingdom of heaven? Well, the king's here, so the kingdom's here, all right? But he says, when is the kingdom of heaven going to come? Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of heaven is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, oh, it's here, or there it is over there. The kingdom of God is in your midst. Man, why did he say that? Because Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, was standing right in front of that blind religious person, and he didn't even recognize him. Wow. Let me tell you what, the kingdom of heaven is not far <laughs> it's upon us. It's pre we're in its presence. But how can we tell? If the kingdom of heaven is here, how can, what, what are some signs? How could we know for sure that the kingdom of heaven is near? Well, Jesus brought it into perspective and gave us several examples, one of them being in Matthew 4.23. It says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news All right, of the kingdom. But listen to this healing every disease and sickness among the people. 
When the kingdom of heaven draws near, we can be sure there will be miracles. We can be sure there will be supernatural signs that shows the kingdom of heaven is near. Do I pray for miracles? Yes. But you know what I pray for more? God, send the kingdom of heaven into our midst. Send the kingdom of heaven. Do I pray for gifts to be showing up in our midst where people pray in tongues and another person interprets and there's a word of prophecy and a word of encouragement? Yes, I do. But you know what I pray for more? I pray that the kingdom of heaven would come into our midst. Because all of these are going to be signs that, in fact, it's here. Matthew 12, 28, what's another sign? But if it is by the Spirit of God, this is Jesus speaking to these, uh, these religious folks, if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of heaven has come upon you. It's no longer near, it's on top of you. It's there, you're in it and it's in you and people are being delivered and people are being delivered from depression or schizophrenia or or whatever mental things that we all go through. That's what happens when the kingdom of heaven comes upon us. Matthew 13, 11, uh, here's another example of what happens when we know the kingdom of heaven is upon us Jesus replied again but the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you but not to them see there's there's wisdom that comes from God there's insight there's revelation Sarah was speaking of the secrets of worship when you're worshiping God he starts showing you things that you couldn't even begin to explain to someone else because the secrets of the kingdom of heaven are given to you. So these are some signs, and I'm thankful that we see some of these signs, but I want to see a lot more of these signs. Are we at where we need to be? Absolutely not. We want more of the kingdom of heaven in our lives, and we can't have more of the kingdom of heaven until we start declaring that Jesus is the king of kings, and we start obeying him. If he says not to do something, we don't do it. If he says to do something, then we do it. All right? If it's so, so hard, if it's so hard that we can't even get up on Sunday morning and go to church, we got bigger problems than not going to church. <laughs> it's not a matter of whether you're in church or not. It's a matter of you obeying God. Are you obeying God? And I guarantee if you obey God, you want to gather together in our midst, man. We'll be together praising God, hearing from God, obeying God. Well, I could go on, uh, but this is clearly going to go on to next Sunday. I want us to spend some time, spend some time in the presence of the Lord. Spend some time in the presence of God, Most High, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Um, I can't make the kingdom come down on me. I can ask God, send your kingdom. In fact, he tells us, your kingdom come. Jesus, let your kingdom come. But I want you to spend some time in the presence of the Lord right now. If, if there's a 40% of the presence of the Lord here, we'll take it. If there's 100% of the presence of the Lord, we'll, we'll take it as well. But whatever level of the presence of God, I want you to start calling out to God right now. Say, Jesus, send your kingdom Send your kingdom with its power. Send your kingdom with its love. Send your kingdom with its redemption. Send your kingdom, Lord, with your salvation, with your deliverance, with your healing, Lord God, with the wisdom of the secrets of the kingdom coming to us, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord, we ask right now that you would, Lord, you would send your kingdom here into our midst. We're going to see one of the scriptures next week. It says, you're pleased to give us your kingdom. 
It's, it's a pleasing thing for God Almighty to give the kingdom to those who are coming to him and love and humility and desire and zeal, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. You're pleased to give your children the kingdom. I want to ask you if you, if you want, you know, this is always a, a little awkward because you know what? You might not come up and that doesn't mean that you're not interested in the kingdom of heaven. But if you're hungry for the kingdom of heaven, I'd like to open these altars right now. And I want you to come up if you would and say, God, give me more of your life. Make me king. Uh, I, I want to make you king over my life. I want to make you king over my life. And so, Lord, we come before you, Lord Jesus, as a gathering of believers, hungry for God, hungry for the king, hungry for his kingdom. Oh, Lord Jesus, we don't, we don't want to be paupers anymore, poor people, no, if we're part of the kingdom of heaven, Lord Jesus, we're going to have those kingdom privileges, those kingdom blessings, that kingdom authority, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. So we, your people, Lord, we gather, Lord, in your name, Jesus, desire us for more of you, oh God, hungry for more of you, thirsting for you, Jesus. Lord, you said the poor in spirit would inherit the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah, Jesus. And that's us. We're poor in spirit, Lord God. Poor in spirit means we're hungry, we're thirsty for you, we're needy for God Almighty. We're needy for the Holy Spirit in our lives. We're hungry for more of you, Jesus. Thank you, O oh God. Hallelujah. Your word also says that the, the violent take the kingdom by force, which could mean a number of different things, but one of those things is it's people that are serious that enter into the kingdom of heaven. They're not just wishy-washy. They're serious. They're enough to get up every morning and say, I'm going to seek God even though I'm tired. I'm going to get over to church even though I'm tired. I'm going to serve on Saturday for six, seven, eight hours even though I'm tired. I'm, I'm going to take the kingdom by force. I'm going to enter into the kingdom because I'm serious. Hallelujah, Lord. That's us, Lord Jesus. We're serious about the kingdom of heaven. Lord, we're serious about the kingdom of heaven. We're not going to be of those that shrink back and are destroyed. No, we're of those that believe and are saved, according to Hebrews. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, you said also that to get into the kingdom of heaven, to enter into it, we had to be like children, Lord God. Children, Lord, of childlike faith, that if the Father says he's going to do something, he's going to do it, and we're not going to worry about it anymore. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we want to enter into the kingdom of heaven like children, because you said the kingdom is made of such as this. Thank you, God. Children, thank you, God. Childlike faith, childlike hunger, childlike belief. No more doubting, Lord. If God says it, you can take it to the bank. And I'm going to believe it. I'm going to hold fast to it. Thank you, Jesus. So we seek you this morning as children, as children, Lord, in a good sense. Hallelujah, Jesus. We praise you, O God. We praise you, O Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Lord, we pray, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come, Lord, into my school, 
where I'm not having such a good time as a teacher, as an administrator. Lord, let your kingdom come into my family that's not working the way that it should. I invite the King of Kings and his kingdom into my daily life, Lord. I, I invite the King into the mundane, into the boring, into the hopelessness maybe that I have. Let your kingdom come into my life. Lord, let your kingdom come into a marriage that may not be working too well right now. And we invite the king into marriages that aren't working too well right now, Jesus. Lord, we invite your kingdom into sick bodies right now. Hallelujah. Sick bodies that need to be healed. Lord, that are tired of being sick all the time. Lord, we invite your kingdom into those sick bodies, Lord. We invite your kingdom into minds that need deliverance, Lord Jesus. Deliverance from addictions. Deliverance from uh, from thought patterns that are negative, oh God. From, from depre- into depressed minds, hallelujah, to restore depressed minds, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we invite your kingdom into our decision-making. Lord God, we may not know where to crossroads. We don't know which way to go. We invite the kingdom of heaven into those, into those crossroads to know which path to take, oh God. Hallelujah. We invite your kingdom into toxic relationships, Lord God. Relationships that aren't working, that are harming one another. We invite the king of kings into those relationships, oh God. Thank you, O God. You came to destroy all the works of the devil, the dominion, the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah, Jesus. So right now in your presence, we wait on you. We seek you. We desire you. We 